I'm Vince. And I'm Travis. And we're about to ruin your games and stuff. This is Travis! Welcome to Undesign. Hello, Travis. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Vinny. I'm, uh, you know, marginal, but I'm here. Marginal. Well, to, to clear up the other half of your margin, we brought back a good friend of ours to join us this week again. It's Tom. Hey, Tom. What's up, buddy? Uh, hey, friends. That's his That's his standard opening for the other show that he does. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Sorry. So, so Travis, what did you roll today, sir? So I rolled... What is, what's your favorite player type? Okay. So I'm going to assume that this means RPGs. Yes. Uh, we're not talking about like other things. So, but, but I'm not entirely sure exactly what it means. So why don't you, you run down what we're talking about here? Yeah, that's fine. So, uh, well, one, I purposely left this kind of amorphous because any attempt to group these things is going to be somewhat false, right? We're drawing false buckets around people. Human beings are complex things. That being said... Yeah, but those little buckets are you know, are often interesting to talk about or think about, yes. right? So Yes, exactly. Whether they're, or not they're completely appropriate, I mean... You got it. They're, they're useful tools. I agree. Uh, so, yeah, the favorite types of people you have had at your table. Now, you can rely on the old classics, right? If we go back to Robin Laws, he had things like the Power Gamer... Uh, butt kicker, tactician, specialist, method actor, storyteller, and casual gamer. But I can think of a lot more types of players you might have run into, right? That may or may not be somewhat aligned with those groups. Uh, yeah, so that kind of thing. That all makes sense what I'm aiming at here? Oh, that tracks for me. Uh, you on the page? Sure. Like, yeah, can, sure. Like, does it have to be one? Like, is it the favorite or is no. it a favorite? No, no, no. I think I think we're just I think we're we're kind of spitballing here. We're talking about all the different types of players that are good types. Correct. You know, the kinds of players that you want to see at your table because you're never going to have all of the same kind of player, right? Um, everybody at the table is going to be different. Uh, I mean, if there if there is one right answer, that right answer is the engaged player. That's the only you know absolute right answer. I think certainly. Yes. Certainly. We're talking about smaller, smaller, yeah, containers of these things, I think, though. Yeah, agreed. So so let me kick it off. First of all, you're right. The, the number one answer above all else is engaged player. But let's dig down. Uh, I'll tell you a thing. That, now here's my favorite types. People who talk in character. And, I, and what I mean by that is describe their actions in character as opposed to taking the third person perspective and i don't mean do a funny voice they can talk in their normal voice not everybody likes voices i just mean like you meet a town guard right there are two sort of main approaches to this the first is to uh, that i don't like as much is when somebody says uh my character tells the guard this is why i'm here blah blah and gives a sort of summation statement at a third person sort of omniscient perspective of what happens right um but another player is going to say well, hello, my name's blah, 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 whatever. Uh, yeah, just coming into the city to do some trading. How are you doing today? Right? There's a big difference there to me. And I vastly prefer the latter. So that's that's my... there. There's one of my favorite types of players. That's fair. Um, for me, I really, like... I don't know how much exposure you guys have had to this. I mean, I probably some, I'm sure, over the years. 
Um, but my favorite, like one of my favorite types of players are those that um, are the new player. Like often they're the casual player. Like they're sitting down and they're like, yeah, sure, I'll play some D&D or yeah, sure, I'll play whatever, the, you know, whatever RPG we're playing. And they're like semi-interested in the game. And they're like, yeah, you know, this is something to do now. But like as the game progresses, as they dis- like they're discovering the game, like they become all in. Like I love that transition to see in players where like, especially like whether it's a new player or somebody that like has traditionally been a casual player and they transition to somebody that's fully vested into the story, fully vested into the game and is like all in. And, and to me, they're, they're some of the, uh, the players that bring the most energy to the game. It's a f- uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Trav. Give give your thoughts on that one. But I I have some definite thoughts on that. No, please go ahead. Okay, so you. sure. What's interesting about your choice to me, Tom, is that one, it's not something you can try to be. That is to say, like for for any of us who've been playing RPGs for twenty plus years, right? Um, there's I can't become that thing. Right? Certainly not. Certainly not. Yeah, like this is not a choice. Yeah, it's like I can't choose to be a child again. And I don't mean that. I don't mean that in any kind of negative way. I just mean like that's I have passed that phase of my development. I cannot revert to it. Um, so that's interesting in that it's an organic thing that can or cannot happen, but there's can, no way to return to it. Can I push back on you though a little bit? Um, sure. Because players, so for example, players who are discovering new game systems, even if they are veterans, can sometimes transition to this. Like I, I've had players at the table who have like they're veteran players, but they've only they're only somewhat interested in the game they're playing. Um, just because like their friends want to play, and they're like, sure, whatever, we'll play this. But but even seeing those players who are veterans transition into being fully vested into something that they were only marginally interested in previously, like I, I count those too, even if they are veterans. That's fair. I, I'm not going to say, I don't think it's exactly the same experience, but I'll say it's close enough that I'll, I'll certainly, maybe that the duration is shorter, but it's still there to a large degree. Sure, sure. Is it maybe that both just fit into that bucket of fresh eyes? Yeah, yeah. Engaged discovery, right? Excitement. Yeah. yeah. No, I like both. I like both of your, both of your guys's. Um, I think, guys's. <laughs> I think um, if I had to pick just one to talk about, um, I would talk about uh, the, the the players that are in character social that start plots, threads, and stories with other players, not just the GM. A lot of times you'll run into players who have problems interacting with other players, other players at the table, but you know have an easy time interacting with the GM as if the GM has some 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 more authority towards their character's story. When they could these these players who who come to the table looking to start conversations and deep interactions. Um, that change their with with their in character friends and enemies. Um, I find really really exciting. Um, when I'm sitting down at the table with people to play, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Does that make sense? It does, a hundred percent. Um, I I I think part of what you're saying is you love a player who's willing to work with the GM to shape their character. And to let things sort of evolve organically, right? Is, is that kind yeah, of what you're really, at? Yeah, not really, but I like that too. That's cool. I'm talking about the GM is at, is at one of the end of the table, right? Yes. And at the other end of the table, you've got, let's say, Tom and Vince, these two players at the other end of the table. 
And the GM is interacting with everybody else that's at the table at the moment. But Tom and Vince's characters are both interacting on their own at the other end of the table. Ah, okay. And they are driving each other's character arcs and stories without having to have interaction from the GM, requiring some kind of some some kind of permission from the GM to actually do these things. So you're saying that, like, so the, the players that have created their own, like, ecosystems, like the sub-worlds of interaction. Right. right. Yes. Okay. Now I'm on the page totally. And uh, we need to drill on this. Told you I was marginal. Sorry. I'm I'm trying to get my point across here. No, you're, you're okay. This is, that's, that is such a good point and something that is so freaking important and overlooked. Wow. You, I, I wouldn't have thought to bring this up, but as soon as you said it, man, you have got me, you, you took me up to 11 right away because here is the thing. All, all, all of my favorite characters I've ever had. Like if I look at the top five, that's right. Top five, top 10, whatever. All of them are characters that I did that with. Okay. They are characters that I knew and loved and inhabited so completely that my enjoyment of them was not at all based in any of the carrots or sticks the GM had to offer. Mm-hmm. So they were so they were all brought up brought upon you by other members of your your game group uh, that weren't the GM. Yes, the richness of the character meant that I simply deeply enjoyed being them, playing them, inhabiting them, right? So so I could turn to another member of the table and just have a conversation in character and we could talk about character stuff or recent events in the game or whatever. We're talking in world, right? And yeah, and it's it is in itself rewarding, right? There's no experience at the end of that road. There's Certainly. no treasure. There's no monsters to slay. There's no plot advancement necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's could growth be. in story. Well, there could for be growth plotting. in story. There could be plotting, just not plot advancement. Right? Yeah, and certainly you could be. You could be like sneakily forming some plot or something like that. Well, I would say the relationship between the characters interacting is uh, an arc in itself. You know, it doesn't necessarily require any outside input. Right. Certainly. But my my point is none of that has to be the thing. I could turn the characters that I truly love, I could turn books could have turned to Morokai. You know, Travis, this goes back to two characters right there. Nobody's going to know what you're talking about. Doesn't matter. (laughs) These are characters that Travis and I had from years ago. Maybe if we ever roll our favorite characters, people will then know what we're talking about. But books could have turned to Morokai and and just talked about the weather. Right. right? And it would have been an interesting half hour if we chose to take it a half an hour. Yeah, absolutely. You know, same with the the Rifts game under Tom. Same with all these characters that I would mention that I truly love. Um, And uh, they're so real to me. And the other characters at that table that were really good were so real to me. And I don't mean in any kind of silly way. I mean, like, just... Right. Sure. Um, that, that talking about anything, just being in them is fun. Is yep. it self-engaging? You know, I, I certainly agree. Like, the one, you know, you'd mentioned the character. Like, for me, one that comes to mind is I had an interaction with one of our friends. Um, I, I was playing a, a succubus in this game, and he was playing a diva. Um, and our interactions were, uh, like, I, I'm not, I, I, I struggle to remember much of the actual game, 
but it was our interactions that actually stand out to me uh, it, from the, you know, as the fruit of that game. I don't know. You were at the table, Vince. What, what were your thoughts on those interactions? No, I 100% agree. This is, this is the point, and this is so important, okay? The plot doesn't matter when the characters are that good. Like, it yep. seems silly to say, but over time, the specifics of the plot, the monsters you fought, maybe you remember the broad strokes. We were doing this, right? This was our goal. That's all important and fine. But what sticks with you, what resonates is the characters, right? And that diva and that succubus were such a fun thing to play off of each other. Um, it's the same way with most of, I agree totally, with most of my characters that, that are at the top of my list, even when the plot was underwhelming, uh, and, and it was at certain, at any point in any game, no matter how good the GM, the plot is going to sometimes be like, eh, it's just okay. Mm-hmm. But, the- but yeah, the more I mean, the more the more players that are willing to engage each other at the yep, table, certainly. the better the game is going to be. Yes. Yeah. Regardless absolutely. of what the GM brings to the table, your, your GM could actually be terrible, just awful. And, and this has happened to me before, but you, you can still have a great time if those kinds of players are present. Yeah. All the GM really needs to do is let you actually go with that for a few minutes, right? As long as that's happening. Right, not like, stomp on what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as long as they're not, like, throwing you into combat or whatever and pulling you out of that moment. Sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So that's, I think, is a really good... That's a really good pull, Trav. And I, I totally agree. You, like, I, I hadn't... It's funny because I think before this conversation, I hadn't actually realized how true that is crystallized that uh, notion. yeah you really did just crystallize that in my mind because if you would have asked me what was great about those characters i don't know that i could have put my finger on that but you're dead on yep um to return back to something i thought you were mentioning at first it's, yeah it's also the case that all of those characters were sort of co- I didn't walk into the game with a with a concrete etched in stone tablet vision of what the characters were. The other characters shaped as they as I as I advanced. The narrative shaped the characters as they advanced, and the GM shaped the characters as they advanced. Sometimes with a strong hand, and in all of those cases of of again my favorite characters, it's so my player type here would be open, right? Open to change to 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 vision of what their character is to going on a journey and allowing externalities to affect their character. Right. Um, Perhaps organic would be a way to describe yeah. what, what one would be searching for in that kind of yeah. player. Absolutely. When I look at, um, you know, when I look at a, a character I played under Tom in, in, a, in that Rifts game we played where I was playing Carlisle the Juicer, Tom at some points took an extremely strong hand with my character in changing who I was and what I was about, right? And sometimes he took a softer hand. Mm-hmm. Did the same to me. Um, but yeah, exactly. And and it was great. I I opened myself up to the experience and as a result got to explore all these things I might not have otherwise done on my own, right? It's not that I didn't have any agency in my character. I still did and still got to make decisions, but I just let other people also give input. And when I see that happen around the table, as a GM, I know I love that, right? Because 
it's also a way like that really the, that, that purely unselfish motivation yeah. which in itself is actually selfish because you're looking to get fun out of it yeah exactly it it as a gm it's incredibly rewarding right yep because you feel much more involved in the shaping of not just the story like i wrote an adventure i show up here you go you play it we walk away nothing changes right um you feel like you're actually there. There's a back and forth there that I think is very valuable. It also spider webs all the characters together when you know that you had an impact on the other characters and they're different because of having met you. If all the characters at the table aren't different in some way because of their interaction, then the game immediately rings false. Sure. Uh, right. The more the more varied and and tailored each of these different characters and player styles and so forth are uh the more interesting the entire tapestry of the story is when when it's you know fully weaved yeah i mean i change and have changed because of the normal friends i have in life these aren't people who i fought hordes of slavering monsters with <laughs> back to back for for hours and days walked and camped with them night in and night out right Think about like what that would legitimately how much you would change because of your interaction with those people. So I think that's often underplayed and I think you have to open yourself up. So that's that's to me, that's super important. Um, that openness to the to the organic experience. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All uh, right. So so I won. Yeah, you, you win. You win. Uh, yep. Are there are there any other maybe minor ones that, that we think are also important? Because I, I think there are a couple other little hits, just like some quick hits I, I want to talk about. OK, um, and some of them are inverses of the, the worst types, but that's OK. Um, here's one of my favorite ones. That's a quick hit. Somebody who can sit quietly. That's it. Uh, so so you're saying someone who won't stomp on other people's moments. Yes, who also doesn't immediately dive into their cell phone and like sits yeah. quietly and stays engaged. But but not but the engaged isn't the important part. You can be over engaged, unselfish and engaged. Sitting quietly is an amazingly important overlooked skill at the RPG table. Right now, this this can be taken a little too far, and it become, can become a player type that maybe is not so desirable. Um, it's but, a fine line. But right, you're right. But being able to the navigate. Ability yeah, yeah, the ability to 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 know when to to be just be quiet for a little while. Yeah, maybe just shut up a little. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that, that's important. That's one that I struggle with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is why you're on, you're on many many uh, talk sh talk shows. Quote. Yes, absolutely. Certainly. That's I go to Tom to do things with me on the internet because he doesn't shut up a lot. It's an advantage in this case. Yes. Certainly. Uh, do either of you have any little ones that come to mind? Any any small favorable traits? Tom? Um, I'm thinking. Well, I think I think first first we should just mention that uh or last we should mention. I don't know. Some, somewhere in the middle we should mention that uh maybe GMs should also think about that that same thing knowing when to be be quiet to be silent because we just talked for for you know 15 minutes about um players engaging other players well gms and, and we, we we mentioned for just a second that gms occasionally tromp on those players but the gms at the table too okay they still count and they should also know when to let the players engage uh 
um, especially if it's going somewhere that they can draw new threads from. Yeah, absolutely. I, I so agree. So j- just, just to reinforce what Vince just said about players, you know, know when to shut up. Uh, here's a, let me give you one more small one. Cause I do have one more small one that I really love. And I want to hit on real quick, the humble lore monkey. And what I mean by sure, that, sure. Yeah. Somebody who knows a lot about the world you're in and can easily okay, recount so facts. Giles. Yes. But is humble about it. They're not like, actually <laughs> never correcting yes. the GM. Just, you know, the person who's there that's like, uh, when somebody at the table is like, oh, what's a this? Or what is that group? Somebody's like, well, they're this thing. And they kind of explain it simply and quickly, and we move on. That takes so much pressure off me as a GM when I know I've got somebody who's a humble lore monkey. It's All of those words are important. <laughs> you understand what I mean by that? So so the monkey part is important. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out where the monkey fits yeah, in. Yeah, I'm trying to figure it. Because uh, monkeys are always fun and funny. They do it in a humorous, fun, and friendly fashion, like monkeys do. And sometimes they rip your face off. Uh, that's fair. There you go. That doesn't track. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> How about the humble lore master? Does that make you feel better? Yeah, that'll work. There you go. Wasn't that a crappy prestige class in third edition? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so does that mean we have reached uh, our favorite player types undesigned? Uh, I think we're pretty close. Um, that's undesigned. Um, got anything else to say, guys, before we go? Uh, I will simply say thank you, Tom, for joining us. It was fun to have you yeah, along. Yeah, thanks, buddy. You're welcome. And uh, thank you all of you out there for listening. As always, you can find the email in the description if you've got re- requests for future topics. Uh, give us a like. We always enjoy that. Rate us out there. That's always nice of you to do. And uh, we'll see you next time. Have a good one, everybody. Mm-hmm.